This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm Sasha Kelly, and welcome to The Dive, the podcast that asks, whoever said the business news needs to be all business? Look, we're not breaking new news for you today. We're talking about the tight rental market. Anyone who's out there on realestate.com knows it's slim pickings right now. And we also know that we as Australians, we're just obsessed with a property story. It's been hard to avoid the resounding chorus of news reports about this housing crisis. Sydney's rental market has gone from bad to worse with prices continuing to soar. Rental crisis is hitting family after family. It's getting so bad in some areas that local families are being forced to move into caravan parks in campgrounds. In fact, we did an episode about this very topic at the beginning of the year and forecast this very situation, that it was going to get a lot worse before there was any sense of relief. But lately there's been headlines linking to another suspected cause of the rental crisis, attributing the record number of immigrants now entering the country. And whenever we have a macroeconomic question here at Equity Mates, we turn to our resident economist, Thomas, who's one half of Comedian versus Economist. It's Wednesday, the 19th of April. And today I want to know, what impact will these forecast immigration numbers have on our already strained housing supply? Thomas, you have a special focus on property economics and you've always got an opinion. So I'm really excited to dig into this one with you today. I'm just going to lay the scene a little bit, give a bit of context. Mm. Advertised rents have galloped 11.5% higher in the year to March, according to CoreLogic. This one really scared me. Vacancy rate is only 0.9%, which is about half the level of a year earlier at 1.7%. And from what I've been reading, the rule of thumb is that a healthy rental market should be at 3%. All these things sound bad, but can you give me an expert's perspective on this? Is this a true meaning of a crisis? Uh, yeah, I mean, the crisis has no strict definition, which is part of the problem. But I think you can, we can definitely say that this is the worst rental market in recorded history, probably in the in the nation's history. Like, I don't know, maybe there weren't very many houses at the time of first settlement, but it's bad. Like, it's ne- the data has never been this bad. And that, that vacancy rate is a record low. It's it's incredibly tight. And it's it's probably worse because... Historically, when the cities have been tight, the the regions have been available and people can sort of move down and say, like, I can't do Sydney, but I'll go to Newcastle. The regions are tight as well. So this sort of the tight rental vacancy rate story is, is nationwide and you can't escape it. And so that's what makes it, I think, particularly dire. There's a number of factors at play, too, because there's the supply of short term housing there's insufficient housing development and there's builders going bankrupt. Can you give me some insight into all the factors that are actually making up this crisis? I mean, I think I think in terms of I think the short term letting is, is definitely a story, but that is that is reasonably slow and reasonably slowly evolving 
um, and has sort of been on the radar for a while. The construction crisis, that is also a story. We had we had a strong ramp up in construction um, and that's been followed by a bit of a hole in, in approvals, but the construction activity is still quite strong at the moment. So maybe in sort of 18 months to two years, we might see a downturn in construction. But for the moment, that's not feeding into the problem. And you look at like for calendar year 2022, housing construction, dwelling construction was around normal. Like it's not massively different. It's not It's not going to be causing this, this story. So I think the two things that have really driven the rental crisis are on the demand side. The first is the um, kind of the reduction in average household size that we saw through COVID. So people spread out a bit more, the number of people per dwelling fell slightly, but enough to create extra demand for houses. Um, and then the second factor factor is strong immigration. That immigration since, you know, had the borders locked down during COVID and then has bounced back very strongly. Yeah, the AFR reported that Treasury forecasts an influx of 650,000 migrants between this financial year and next. What is the usual kind of standard for immigration numbers and why are we seeing these record highs? In both very interesting questions, um, sort of the political narrative is about a catch-up, that we needed to catch up for all the lost migrants that we had through COVID. That's sort of what that means is, is a bit, I, I don't fully understand, but that's the sort of the narrative that's that's being pushed. And then what is normal is really, there's no real way to do that other than to look at historical averages. And so you go back to nine, since 1901 the average is about 80,000 probably sort of up to around you know it was in the 100 to 200,000 range between to the turn of the millennium in 2020 and then sort of stepped up you know to quite strongly since then the last few years so what what is normal is there's nothing to say and and the, the interesting thing about the immigration numbers that for me is that they're decided by Treasury. So it's not the Department of Immigration and it's not the Department of Housing, even though that doesn't exist and is probably needed. Can I ask why that is? Why does Treasury decide those numbers? That is an excellent question. That is a very excellent question. And I think I think the answer is that we've seen immigration as, a, as an economic policy lever, that when we look into the forecast and we think things are slowing, immigration is an easy way to to push up the aggregate GDP numbers. I'm just coming in to interrupt and say, I'm going to be back with Thomas from Comedian versus Economist in just a minute. And we're going to talk about how this is going to impact our already strained housing market. But also crucially, I put to him what I can do as an individual to have some impact on this conversation. And he's got a really thought-provoking suggestion. But that is all coming in just a minute. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sydney's sky-high rents are here to stay with warnings tonight the crisis could actually get worse. The country's peak housing body is predicting Australia will be hundreds of thousands of homes short of what we need. Let's focus, though, on what effect this is going to have on our existing housing supply. 
problem because it is going to have an effect on our housing supply problem. How are we going to see that uh, play out? Yeah, I mean, I think it is interesting. It's worth noting that it definitely is. And uh, like I've seen arguments even in the, the papers this weekend of people saying that immigration is not cause, is not the source of the rental crisis. It's not the entire source, but it's definitely a factor and it's disingenuous to argue that it's not. And as someone who follows, you know, all the property market economists from Eliza Owen at CoreLogic to Shane Oliver at AMP, everyone's saying that immigration is having a big impact on the rental market. Um, it's definitely true. And it's definitely going to get worse. Like we're already at crisis levels and it is starting to become a real social problem in the sense that people aren't able to afford sustainable housing or suitable housing. You were bringing people into the country without a clear plan of where they're going to live. You know, the AFI was running stories about international students sleeping in tents because they can't find anywhere to, to live. So why are we opening up international student places if we don't have anywhere for them to, to live? That that then creates this sort of underclass society that is forced into wage exploitation and, and dangerous working situations. So that creates another social problem. Um, yeah, but so, yeah, it, it's getting bad and the... the sad thing is there's no end in sight like there's no quick fix to this we can't build our way out we just can't you know we 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 struggle to build enough houses at the best of times um we have done for 20 years we haven't been able to keep pace with population growth it's not we're not going to turn that around in the next five years to even 10 years there's no way we can turn that around so we can't build our way out of the problem um so unless we sort of have a bit of a genuine discussion about these numbers, it, it's going to get worse. And because we've already, we're opening up the visas, we're moving through the quote, quote, visa backlog, the, the agenda seems very clear that 2023 is going to be another year for, for record high immigration. And there's not going to be a conversation around whether that's a good idea or not. So, Thomas, I like to end with something that we can do as individuals, because I think sometimes when you talk about these big picture problems, you can feel a little bit helpless. Do you have any suggestions or what are some of the things that you think about on an individual basis that we can we can do that's within our control? Mm. Yeah, you always ask this question, Sasha, and I, I never <laughs> feel like I've got a satisfying answer for you. I, th- I think the big one what I recommend is to, if you're having this conversation with people to, to help disentangle the immigration question from the race question. And I think feel, to me, it feels like there's a bit of a, a deliberate attempt to keep immigration and race tangled up together to stop a real conversation around it. And I think it's, you know, it's, there's a reasonable question about what, what's the rate of growth? We, we like immigration, we're pro-immigration, but what's the right number? What is that number? What's good? You know, let's have a, let's have a conversation around the number. It's not, it's not a no, it's not that we don't like immigration. It's like, what's a number that's going to work? Because I think the, the consequences of this, if we, if we let this go on for a few years, we then get a pushback against immigration, which then can pull in that, that racist sort of undertones and, and give it voice and give it a platform because the, the immigration number is creating a problem but that can get conflated with immigration itself. So we create a dangerous social situation, I think, if we don't disentangle the, the number question from the, from the race question. And, that, and that's something I think we can all do in, in conversations when you're talking about it with people. If you hear people trying to, trying to mash them together, straighten them out, separate those two. And I think then if we can do that, then we can have an actual conversation around it. Mm. 
Well, thanks, Thomas. It's always fascinating talking to you and I always enjoy your perspectives. You're going to be back with Comedian versus Economist next week. You've been on holidays, but I appreciate you coming off a mountain, coming off from climbing, <laughs> taking your boots off and getting behind a microphone to chat about this with me today. Mm, my pleasure. Thanks, Sasha. Thanks, Thomas. And we're going to leave it there for today. That is this episode of The Dive. Join me again for a new episode on Friday. Thank you so much for supporting us. A little reminder, I would say I'm too proud to beg, but I am not. Please open up your podcast player and give us a five-star review. Makes all the difference in terms of climbing the charts, getting in front of other ears. And that's so important for us as an independent media company. Thank you so much for joining me today. Until next time. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. 